Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everyone. Charles Watts here. Welcome back to Inside Arsenal. It's Friday. Everyone, the weekend is very nearly here. I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world, you are having a good end to your working week and you're going to have a very, very good weekend. A weekend, of course, with no Arsenal. We have to wait until Tuesday for them to return to action with that Premier League game at Nottingham Forest. It is FA Cup takes centre stage this weekend and thanks to Arsenal failing to hit a barn door against Liverpool in the third round. They are not in that competition anymore. Some big games coming up, not least tonight. Tottenham versus Manchester City will be an interesting one that. Uh, but yeah, Arsenal are going to have to take a watching role this weekend, but they will be preparing very, very hard. You would hope for Tuesday's big, big game at Nottingham Forest as they look to make it back-to-back wins, which is really, really crucial ahead of that game against Liverpool the following Sunday. Plenty to talk about today, despite Arsenal not being in action. We'll talk about Thomas Partey's return, as I reported earlier on in the week. He was due to return to full training this week after that, months out after that groin surgery, and that has now been confirmed. We all saw the pictures yesterday that Arsenal put out of Partey back in first team training. So we'll talk about that, of course. Look at um, some stuff coming out of, uh, out of Germany about Zubamendi. Uh, a player that we know that Arsenal very much like, who Bayern Munich like. So we'll uh, talk about him. Nuno Tavares as well. Frustration for Arsenal when it comes to Nuno Tavares and a possible sale this window. Got plenty of questions and comments from you guys as well. If you haven't seen it yet, myself and James Bench sat down for our Inside Arsenal Extra Time show yesterday. That's gone out now. You can find that on YouTube or on the podcast. Uh, if you want to go and listen to that extended show that we do each week, plenty discussed as always on that. Right, let's start today, shall we, on the news that Thomas Party has now officially 
return to full training. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see one of the pictures that Arsenal put out yesterday of party back at London Colney with the squad. Huge news this for Arsenal. It can't really be underestimated how important this is to have Thomas party back. Of course, we're all going to be sitting there, fingers crossed now, watching him in action for the first couple of games, hoping that there is no setback that he can now be fit through between now and the end of the season, which will be so, so important. We all know how good Thomas Partey is. We all know how he improves this Arsenal team when he plays. We just all know that he needs to stay fit. And that is the big question mark that always hangs over Thomas Partey when he comes back from these injuries is how long is he going to stay fit before he picks up another one? Hopefully that will not happen and that he will be fit through to the end of the season. My understanding was the operation that Arsenal put him through after he suffered that latest thigh injury in training just after the Manchester City game way back in October, put him through this operation. The big plan was that hopefully this was going to stop the recurring thigh issues that he was having. They decided to put him under the knife to try and stop it. So fingers crossed it works. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, as I said, it can't be underestimated the importance of having Thomas Party back. He improves Arsenal immeasurably when he comes in. We know how much they've missed him since he's been away. And we've all been waiting months to try and see a sort of consistent run of Declan Rice and Thomas Partey working together in midfield. How is that going to work? What's Mikel Arteta going to do? How much is that going to make Arsenal a stronger team than what we saw from them last season? And we've just not been able to watch that yet because of this injury that ha that's happened. Um, and so it just opens up loads of possibilities for Mikel. It certainly opens up the possibility of Thomas Partey playing as, as an inverted right back as well, which is a possibility that I think most of us are desperate not to see again. But we know it's something that Mikel Arteta likes. He showed that not just at the start of this season, but he showed it at the end of last season when he did it in the last couple of games at Nottingham Forest, of course, in that defeat, which gave Manchester City the title. But he also did it in the game. I can't even remember who is against on the final day of the season. Uh, as well. So doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be in the middle of the park every single game. We know that Mikel wants Arsenal to be more unpredictable. He knows a lot. Of the, we know a lot of the signings they made in the summer was about that. But then the injuries to Thomas Partey and Yuri and Timber really sort of stopped that idea in its tracks. Now that Partey's back and Timber's coming back, it might well be that we see some surprising team selections when everyone is fit and available. But just having him back and giving Arteta the option to be able to basically do what he wants now in the field is just so, so important. And yeah, it's a very exciting prospect having Thomas Partey, Declan Rice and Martin Odegaard potentially playing as a midfield three in some of the biggest games for Arsenal. Let me know your thoughts, of course, about where you want to see Thomas Partey play, how excited you are about having him back. Are you excited about having him back or are you just worried that it's going to lead to another setback and he'll be on the treatment table once again? very very soon let me know in the comments below it'll be interesting to see if party starts at nottingham forest on tuesday you'll have a full week's training by then obviously he hasn't played since that win against manchester city when he came on very well late on in the second half in that game made a big big difference back in october um so it will leave Mikel with a question, with a sort of decision to make when it comes to Thomas Party. Do you throw him straight in against Nottingham Forest or do you potentially give him, I don't know, half an hour in the second half, get half an hour in his legs before the Liverpool game? Because you would think you definitely want him available to start that Liverpool game. Um, so do you ease him back in against Nottingham Forest? Do you need to play Thomas Party and Declan Rice against Nottingham Forest? Um, in a game where you know you're going to be coming up against a very, very low block and a team who are going to look to hit you on the counter-attack, do you need both of those players? I mean, you look at Thomas Partey's strengths and his ability to 
open up teams with his passing and to break lines, maybe you would look at it and say, you do. Maybe you don't need Declan Rice in that game. Maybe you just leave Thomas Partey. Um, all decisions for Mikel Arteta to make. I think probably the most likely scenario is that Thomas Partey comes on for half an hour rather than going straight in. I'm not sure after so long out and just after a week's worth of full training, you put him straight into the starting eleven for a Premier League game, especially when you've got that huge game against Liverpool coming up just a few days later, which you definitely want him to start in. So I think probably we'll see Declan Rice, maybe, you know, I don't know, Rice, Odegaard, Havertz, whatever, and then party to come on for half an hour to get half 30 minutes into his legs before the Liverpool game. But let me know again what you think. You know, would you start him? Would you risk him? Or do you think that's a risk that's not worth taking? You need to protect him for the Liverpool game. Let me know in the comments below. Talking about Nottingham Forest, of course, Nuno Tavares is currently in Nottingham Forest and Arsenal a bit frustrated uh, when it comes to Nuno's future. They had a big opportunity to sell him this window to Marseille, who wanted to sign him on a permanent deal. Unfortunately for Arsenal, the loan deal that they struck with Nottingham Forest at the start of the season did not have a break clause in it, so they couldn't bring him back to do that. You know, we've seen it with Mika Birith, for example. They had a break clause in that contract when he was up at Motherwell. They brought him back, much to Motherwell's annoyance, and they've moved him straight to Sturm Graz because they believe that was a better opportunity for him to develop over the second half of the season still on loan. But the fact they had that break clause allowed him to do that, even if it annoyed Motherwell. With Nottingham Forest, they didn't have that break clause. And so despite Marseille coming knocking to sign Nuno Tavares on a permanent deal, I don't know what the price was, but I know that Arsenal were open to this deal happening. I know that Nuno Tavares was open to this deal happening, but Nottingham Forest were not overly keen on letting Nuno go. He hasn't played that much, but he did start their last game. They've got a lot of players missing at the moment because of AFCON. Maybe that has come into the thinking. Um, or maybe Nuno Espirito Santo is obviously fairly new to the job at, at Nottingham Forest, wants to sort of see Nuno Tavares playing quite a key role over the second half of the season. But whatever it is, they weren't overly keen on it happening. And it appears that might have led to Marseille moving on because I've seen a report in Le Keep today that they are closing in on a left-back from Rennes, I think. Um, and I can't imagine if they're signing that guy for about 12 million euros, it looks like, that they're going to also look, you know, wait patiently to try and sign Nuno Tavares as well. That wouldn't make too much sense. So it appears it might have ended in frustration for Arsenal. This was a chance for them to get a player off their books um, on a permanent basis who they're open to selling, but they uh, their hands were tied because of the deal they struck back in the summer, which didn't include a break clause in that loan. So frustration for Arsenal. It looks like Nuno might well end up staying at Forest. There's still a week to go. Maybe Marseille will continue to come knocking and maybe a deal will be agreed. Uh, everyone was still talking about it last time I was uh, I heard about it, but the fact that Marseille now seems to have moved on to another left back might mean it ended in frustration. Um, you would imagine, should Forrest have agreed to let him come back early, they'd have had to be compensated for that because there wasn't anything in the contract. So Arsenal would have had to probably siphon a fair bit of the money that they received from Nuno, not in a Forest way, perhaps, but. We'll have to wait and see if anything happens. But as far, yeah, it looks like it's frustration for Arsenal when it comes to Nuno Tavares. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Okay, moving on to Zubamendi now, a player who obviously is very, very high up on Arsenal's wish list come the summer. Not so much this window, but come the summer when it comes to bringing in a midfield. Now, Christian Falk, who I'm sure you'll know, uh, works for Build over in Germany, a very prominent journalist over there, especially when it comes to transfers. He's been talking in his court offside column about uh, Zubamendi and Bayern Munich's interest in him because Bayern are one of the clubs as well as Barcelona who like Zubamendi. Manchester United have been linked with him as well. And interesting stuff from Christian Falk in terms of what Bayern Munich, the sort of the feeling is over there when it comes to Zubamendi. He says, this is what he had to say. If you're, You can see the quote if you're watching on YouTube. If not, this is what he had to say. He says, he has his release clause of 60 million euros, which is why he's so interesting. Bayern Munich are pushing for him. And it's also interesting that Xabi Alonso is with the same agency. Bayern executives are watching him closely as a potential coach for the Bavarian outfit. Bayern also heard that Mikel Arteta is already talking to the player. They're both Spanish as well, which is a big advantage for Arsenal. Bayern were very sure that they would lead the race for Zubamendi. But now that Arsenal are there, they're afraid of the Gunners and afraid that Mikel Arteta could take this player away, which had been planned, which had been a planned move for the summer. Um, so yeah, Bayern Munich scared that Mikel Arteta may well win the race for Zubamendi. Obviously, there's a Spanish connection. There's a Basque connection. Um, Mikel Arteta's from San Sebastian. Zubamendi's playing for... Um, Real Sociedad, so there's lots of links there and hopefully that could well work to advantage. It certainly appears that Bayern are pretty fearful that it might. We'll have to wait and see on that. But like I said, it's not really one for now. It's one for the summer and it's certainly a player who is high up on Arsenal's wish list and it's one to keep an eye on as the months progress. Okay, myself and James Bench did speak about this briefly yesterday on, well, not briefly, we spoke about it quite a bit, actually, on uh, Inside Arsenal Extra Time. Um, if you haven't seen that show yet and you've missed the news, and Richard Garlick has been appointed managing director of Arsenal, or sorry, he will be appointed managing director of Arsenal uh, at the end of the season once Vinay Venkatesham leaves. He is currently um, Arsenal's uh, chief executive officer, Vinay, but it was announced you know, at the start of the season that this would be his last season at Arsenal and that he was, was going to step down and move on to explore new opportunities. Arsenal have been looking at what to do since then and now the decision has been made with the board and the Cronkies that Richard Garlick, who had been sort of leading up the football operations department at Arsenal uh, since he came in from the Premier League, it was going to be promoted to managing director. So he's not officially taking on Vinay's role in sort of name in terms of the name, because he's not going to be the CEO, but he's appointed to managing director, which is what Vinay was before he became CEO. You know, Arsenal really like Richard Garlick. They're really happy with the job that he's done at the club um, since he's arrived, since he was appointed. He's worked very, very well with Edu. He's really popular. I've met him a few times. He's a really nice guy. He comes across as a as a good bloke. Very different. I said this to James Benz yesterday. He's very different to a lot of the usual sort of football executives you meet. Um and it's got really, you know, it's really sort of not good personality. And um, 
and is very good to chat to. And um, so it's no surprise to me that he's very, very popular within football circles, not just Arsenal circles, but football circles. And, um, you know, I think this appointment will go down very, very well. Arsenal like to sort of stay as a pretty stable club. They like when they can to promote from within as well. And that's what they've done here. And um, yeah, I think it's a good appointment, but it's going to be interesting because he's obviously worked very heavily on the football side of things since he's come into Arsenal. But if he's going to really sort of take on a lot of the roles that Vinay has been doing, then Vinay is very heavily involved in the commercial side, more so than the football side. So it'll be interesting to see how the sort of dynamic works once he takes on this role. Um, I had a question here from Dave Wallace. He says, do you know why Vinay is leaving or what he is likely to go on to next? Also, assure, uh, assuming we get Champions League again for next season, as well as that revenue, what scope do you think the club will have in terms of attracting further revenue? I believe the Visit Rwanda deal will be up in a season or two, although fairly small compared to transfers. Does this type of revenue help offset FFP issues? Yes, it does. Uh, and lastly, despite constantly refreshing in hopes and transferring, I quite happily do nothing this window rather than panic and hopefully go for more live deals in the future. In terms of why Vinay's leaving, he's just moving. I don't know where he's going yet. That hasn't been announced. I'm sure he's probably got something lined up and that's why he's decided to go. Um, and he just felt, as far as I'm aware, that he, he wanted to try something new. You know, Vinay's a big Arsenal fan, always has been. And um, and he loved the job he was doing. Again, I've spoken to him a lot of times, Vinay, and he's genuinely is a big Arsenal fan, you know, and this was his dream to do what he's doing. So um, the, to leave, he just obviously, is, I imagine, has got a very good offer to do something else. But um, and yes, in terms of Champions League, it's absolutely crucial to to generating a lot more revenue. Um, you know, Arsenal have had one season in it now and we'll already see the benefits of that massively come the end of the season. But, you know, if you can stay in this league, in the Champions League for a good, you know, four or five seasons in a row. Just look at what Tottenham's revenue is now from their sort of prolonged spell that they had in the Champions League. It just shoots up. You attract much more in terms of sponsorship, commercial deals, because everyone wants to be involved in Champions League. Everyone wants to be seen in the Champions League. And that it's not just, we're not talking about players here. We're talking about companies and where they want to advertise and they want to be seen connected with Champions League football because that's where all the eyes are in the world is on watching that competition as well as the Premier League. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. It will do huge amounts in terms of attracting further revenue. And uh, that's really, really important because it's one thing that Arsenal desperately need to do and where they have flatlined in recent years and some of their rivals have moved forward because they're constantly in the Champions League is the commercial side of things. And it's something Arsenal need to improve. And if they do that, then it means they're going to have more money to spend on transfers. So it all works in Arsenal's benefit. And here's one from Sam, who says, the referees are, of course, aware of the facts. Actually, before I read this, this was in response to myself and James yesterday talking about uh, the kind of, I don't know how I'd describe it, but the, the fury or the anger or just the debate that it sparked. The Premier League basically clipped up video of Arsenal's corner routines against Palace at the weekend where they showed how Trossard came in and was the blocker and allowed Gabriel to run in unopposed at the back post and score. And the Premier League clipped it up, put it on their socials and like with arrows pointing at what Trossard was doing and how he was doing it and saying very clever Arsenal. Um and, you know, that sort of sparked a lot of conversation on social media, especially about Arsenal fans. Like, why, why are they do, doing this? And you don't see this happen to any other team. Why are they showing it? And that's, you know, our referees going to suddenly now pick up on it. Our other team's going to now pick up on it. So me and James were talking about it in yesterday's show, basically saying that, it, that we don't really think it matters too much because, A, the other teams would have already picked up on it because that's what their analytics department's for and they're far and um, they focus far more on those sort of things than we do or social media social, or, or Premier League social media managers do. So if they've picked up on it, you can rest assured that the teams um, 
analysis departments, the opposition's analysis departments have done it as well. And also the referees will be well aware of it. Um, so Sam's replied saying the referees are, of course, aware of the tactics. The problem isn't in making them aware of it. It's that they're even it's that they're even talking about it in ways that they don't do for other teams. We then know that referee officiates games with whatever is a hot topic in the moment. This being highlighted tells them that people are noticing it's close to the line. So the way these refs are, we all know they'll be wanting to make more power move in these scenarios now that they know more eyes are on it. And I that's I, I was trying to get that a point across to James actually yesterday. That's kind of what I did feel a little bit about it was just the fact that we haven't really, we don't really see it or seen it done for other teams. So I, I was a bit like, I wonder why they are doing that. And, and I get what you're saying. The fact that people are talking about it and more eyes are on it, then maybe it will mean that referees are a little bit hotter on it. So, I mean, look, the proof will be in the pudding, I guess. We'll see next couple of times Arsenal have set pieces and they try and do different things. The one thing with Arsenal is they do mix up their set pieces, so I'm not expecting them to do the same set piece routine teams at Nottingham Forest that they did and that worked so well against Crystal Palace last weekend because, A, Nottingham Forest will be well aware of what Arsenal did against Crystal Palace and so they'll be ready for it. And, um, and B... Yeah, maybe because of this as well, they'll be aware that referees might be looking a little bit hotter at it. So they'll be trying something new, I'm sure, against Nottingham Forest. Uh, here's one from Scott, who says, For games like Forest, who play a low block, I'd love to see a midfield and attack of party at the base, Odegaard and ESR as the eights, Trossard right, Jesus left and Havertz down the middle. I think that team would have any low block team chasing shadow for 90 minutes. All the talk of getting a left winger in the summer, I think it will be Jesus Saka playing in the next year. People seem to forget Jesus was one in two playing out left for the City and he barely played down the middle for Arsenal. Me being Irish, I'd love Big Evan Ferguson to come in and keep Eddie. Rotate between Ferguson, Havertz and Eddie for the nine. Yeah, the J playing Jesus out wide is an interesting one and I'm sure when Arsenal do sign, when they do sign uh, a striker uh, in the summer, that Jesus will certainly be a much more of an option um, out wide than we've seen him. Of Like you said, he did it a lot of times and did it very, very well for Manchester City. So I'm sure that will become more an option when Arsenal do sign another striker. In terms of Evan Ferguson, I do like Evan Ferguson, but I'm just not ready to spend £100 million on him, which is what it's going to cost to get him out of Brighton for a player so young, so inexperienced. I just don't think that's what Arsenal need when they're going to spend that sort of money and invest that amount of cash in a striker. I think they need more of a finished article than Evan Ferguson rather than a project striker. You're kind of looking at these signings again this summer to take the team onto another level. And I'm not sure as promising as Ferguson is that he takes his team to another level. Maybe he could in a couple of years' time. Just not, I don't really think Arsenal need that right now. I need, think they need someone immediately to come in and take the team to another level. Um, so I'm not sure about Ferguson as much as I do think he's a very promising, promising prospect. And that's it. Thank you very much for watching and listening. As always, everyone, like I said, it is Friday, so enjoy the end of your week. Enjoy the start of your weekend. I'll be back tomorrow to talk all things Arsenal once again. If you want to get involved in that show, you want me to discuss anything, then please do let me know just by leaving a comment of your question, your opinion, your comment, whatever, down in the replies below to this video. Have a great day, everyone. I'll speak to you soon.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.